Yo, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening, everybody? This is Kayvon, aka Killer TV from Best Conversations Podcast. Um, just wanted to holler at y'all real quick uh, before the episode gets started. You see by the description, we got mad skills on the podcast today. It's going to be another dope episode. Thanks for everybody that checked out the Tracy Lee episode. It's a lot of gems in that, man. I like like my man Coop DeVille say, I'm doing this for the culture. And I'm definitely doing this for the culture, man. So I appreciate everybody checking out these interviews and everything I'm try- I'm, I'm doing. Um, you know, going through people's journey is what I love to do. And, the, and that's what the people I love to talk about. Um, but also, it's some, it's some game and some gems getting dropped. If you listen to the Tracy... Tracy Lee interview, that man's an entertainment lawyer, and I know way too many rappers, and that guy was very um, nice with his time, every time I DM'd him, he DM'd me back immediately, so rappers, take advantage of that, so that's just my little gem, a little plug, but anyway, man, thank y'all for checking out Best Conversations again, salute to all the people that only listens to the audio version. I see the I see the numbers. Some, somebody listening to the audio version. Some people watch the YouTube version. However, but however you watch or listen to Best Conversations, we definitely appreciate you. But could you do me a huge favor for all my people that that exclusively listens to the audio version on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, I don't wherever you listen to this podcast at. Please go rate and subscribe. You know, it takes it don't take but a second, um, especially over Apple Podcasts, and, and drop a five star rating. Leave a comment. Let me know what was what's been your favorite episode so far. I would definitely love to know. I always love the feedback. Um, a young lady hit me on Twitter and gave me some good feedback about some episodes. I, if you follow me on social media, you see I posted that. Um, so yes, I always love the feedback, either good or bad. I I can take it. So. You know what I mean? Please leave the feedback. But um, best conversations, man, we're going up. That's two celebrity guests in a row. And I think we're going for the three-peat. Um, if everything works out, another celebrity guest next week. It might be even be a four-peat. Really got my fingers crossed for the four-peat um, of celebrity guests. But I, I never tried to build this podcast on just, like, trying to get it's many celebrity guests because I have no connections to the industry, not one. The, my me and I and I and it really with best conversations and you know when it comes to backyard boys and what we do in the studio, they help me with that. But as far as reaching out to guests and getting guests and booking people and all that, that's all me. That's that's all me reaching out to people. So you know, you know, it's just. You know, I've I've been very for somebody that has no ties to the industry. I've been very very blessed to to have some of the guests I've had, and some more coming. But uh, this this um this Mad Skills interview is really dope. We get into a lot of stuff. His early career. He, I mean, you know, we I'm from North Carolina, not too far from Fayetteville. He said he used to live in Fayetteville, so that's even more crazier. Uh, his journey, you know, doing the wrap ups, little beef with uh, murder, uh, Uncle Murder. So it's a really dope episode. I hope y'all enjoy it. Um, like I said, I got another celebrity episode coming next week, and also uh, I think I'm gonna drop a podcast we did with uh, my partners recapping um, 
the Hidden Gems concert. Shout out to DJ VI. Big shout out to DJ VI. Hopefully, you know why I say that here soon. But uh, let's get into it. I think I talked to y'all enough. Again, I can't thank y'all enough for rocking with Best Conversations. Thank y'all. And also, show that same love to my brothers over at Unfiltered Podcast, MID Podcast, A&B Podcast, all my podcast partners. You know what I mean? Without further ado, here's Mad Skills, the Mad Skills episode. Peace, love, blessings. Keep God first, and I promise everything works itself out. Oh, yeah, disclaimer. My daughter knocked out the internet as me and Mad Skills was recording this. So it's just going to end abruptly. We didn't really get to finish, but we did cover a lot. So just just remember that. So it just ends abruptly. That's why Nala knocked out the internet out the wall. That's what happens. That's why the episode ends the way it does. Yeah, it just made me think about that when I did my outro. Conversations podcast. Oh man, where we talk to legends, where we get into this hip hop stuff, to the hip hop journeys, where we chronicle hip hop voices in the community that definitely need that light. And on the line today, I got another pure MC, a legend, your favorite ghost rappers, your favorite ghost rappers, favorite ghost rapper. Let's say that. And if and and if you see him, you probably know him. First time on Best Conversations podcast, Mad Skills. What's up, my brother? How are you, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I really appreciate you know you jumping on jumping on the line, man. I've been um, a huge fan ever since um, I first seen you on the screen with Missy and Timberland, and and you know. You know, most people know you probably from the wrap-ups, but I, I mean, I, I remember I remember that first album. What was it called? Where From? Yeah. Say it again? Yeah. From Where, yes, exactly. I, I remember all that back then, but most people remember, you know, you know, with the wrap-ups and stuff. But um, if people don't know, man, give the people a little, little brief bio. That, that might be living under a rock, these millennials that might not be up on who Mad Skills is? Oh, man, just, you know, uh, a kid from Virginia, um, you know, uh, rapper, uh, DJ, um, songwriter, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I've been, um, I put out an album in um, 96. Yeah, I put out an album in 96. And, uh, they, they quote, unquote, say put Virginia on there hip-hop map, I guess. I was probably it's, uh, one of the first, I think I was the first artist to come out nationally from from the city uh, or the state. Um, so yeah, you know, um, if, you, if you know Virginia and you know hip-hop, then probably my name will get dropped in that mix somewhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> somewhere in there. And Virginia Beach could be the, Virginia Beach or what part of Virginia? Actually. Virginia Beach. 
Word. Some, some, something in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Missy and Tim and all them, they from down there by the water. I'm from in, inland a little more in Richmond, Virginia. Oh, near Richmond. Word. You it, any any ties to the Carolinas? This, this, that's why I'm from from the Carolinas. Any ties to, to the Carolinas? To the veal, word. My whole like, my whole childhood was spent in Fayetteville. Stop playing. That's nuts. Grew up in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Um, shit, I lived all over Fayetteville, like off of Murchison Road. Uh, I went to, I went to, shit. I mean, I might have went to every school in Fayetteville. Seventy first, Douglasburg, Southview. E.E. E. Smith. I used to live by E.E. Smith. I used to live down the street from Fayetteville State. I went to Seabrook Rec. Um, yeah, like Bonnie Doom. Like I was all through through um through uh Fayetteville. I left Fayetteville in like 87, I wanna say, and I moved to Richmond. Wow, man, see, that's a jewel right there. People, people that follow my pot. I would um I grew up about an hour from Fayville, you know, you ever heard of Rayford? Yeah. So after Rayford is another little town called Wagram, North Carolina. And that's, and that's where I grew up. So going to Fayville was like everything to me, like everything, like going to Fay, cause I'm from a small ass town. So going to Fayville was like everything. And so, yeah, Fayville people definitely rep hard. North Carolina rep hard, man. So when we first got J. Cole to come out, man, we was like, we won, my brother. So, man, that's dope that you got ties to the to the Carolinas, man. So let's let's go let's go back, man. What 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 was your what was your introduction to hip hop? Um, I'll probably say Run DMC. Run DMC, word, word. What what album? Well, it wasn't even the album. It was um, it was hard times. I heard hard times and sucker MCs. Uh, want to say on the radio, it was a dude on the radio in Fayetteville named Don Reed. He used to do mm. uh, do um, he used to do the radio, and I remember hearing Run DMC. That was the first time I heard it. You know what I'm saying? I, I might have heard Sugar Hill or whatever before that, but the first thing that kind of really spoke to me was Run DMC, and then I seen them on TV. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was and, that's, and that's early 80s? Yeah. 85, maybe. Mm. 84. Um, I seen him on TV. Um, and when I saw him on TV, it was like, yo, I was I was remember looking at Run. I was like, yo, he look, I look like that, like skinny, lanky, you know what I'm saying? The sideburns, like I was like, yo, like that's crazy to me. And it was something that it just spoke to me. I gravitated toward immediately. Gotcha. Yeah, man. Damn, 85. Man, I was born in 85, so shit. I mean, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I'm 35, but but you know, I I probably didn't I probably wasn't really up on that hip hop to like probably like 90 92, 93, like I I my first members of hip hop was like MC Hammer and shit like that. Early nineties, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, and like Snoop and, and and shit like that, and, and I remember seeing like Snoop on Snoop and Dre on um Arsenio Hall and shit like that. So yeah, that was that was probably like my first introduction to hip hop. So they say that the 
Say that again. By then, I was I was knee deep in it. I was already in it by then. Like I was trying to figure it out. Word. So so when when do you when do you pick up the pen? What what year what year what age you pick up the pen? Probably around ninety. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's when I started writing my own lyrics. Uh, around ninety one is when I started taking it serious, um, and realizing that you know I gotta you know I gotta this might be my thing. Like I get you know, and I tried everything in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like if you was a true lover of hip hop back in the day, you tried to do everything. I tried to write graffiti. I used to break dance, you know what I'm saying? Like, I used to scratch on records or whatever. But rapping was the first thing that I did where I actually got, like, a, a response. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, around 90, 91, I started writing down my own lyrics and um, just, you know, trying to find my way. What was the hip-hop scene in Richmond and in Virginia in 90? Was, was it somebody out already, kind of locally, kind of doing it? What, what was the scene? local cats that was out it was a guy rest in peace um he just passed away last year uh well this year uh this guy named mc rough was like the first he high school assembly and um you know it was a radio station an am radio station called wkie that used to play like all of the rap so they was playing the fat boys and houdini you know i'm saying jazzy jeff and the fresh prince so um you know, I would hear those voices, those guys that was on there every day. And then one day, I want to say the Fresh Fest came to Richmond and the artists like split up and they went to like different high schools. Mm-hmm. So, Pub, uh, Flavor Flav, Flavor Flav from Public Enemy and uh, the Fat Boys, I want to say, came to my high school. And I was like, uh, I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the guys that would actually talk on the radio, the guys that was doing the, that had the show, they was called the Z-Rock crew. Uh, El Bravador, MC Fresh, you know what I'm saying? Sarah J, they, they, they were like guys to us, you know what I'm saying? Because they was connected, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, now nah, once I saw that, man, like, I was like, yo, like, I could really do this. Like, th- this could be something. And, and I, I kept pursuing it. So, so how does a guy from Richmond, Virginia, living in Richmond, Virginia, like, and I know, you know, everything's coming, you know, a lot of shit's coming through I-95, you know, everything coming, everything hip hop's coming through I-95, but, but how do you think, how, how was your mindset of getting a deal? Uh, what, how, how, how did you pursue trying to get a deal back then? Um, I never really thought about it. I just thought that, you know, I could, like, be known in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So once I started rapping and I became known in my neighborhood, then that was the first step. And then after that, I wanted something more. I was like, all right, well, I want to be known, you know, on this side of town. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be the hottest rapper on the north side of town. And then that that happened. And I felt like I... I I felt like I, I achieved that. And then after that, I was like, all right, I want to be the best rapper in the city. Mm. And then it just kept getting bigger. I want to be the best rapper in the state. So um, I say around, you know, I was in a couple of groups with a couple of different guys, friends, and, you know, people who weren't taking it as serious as me. I would kind of just lead them to the wayside and keep pushing. Mm-hmm. But I was around people that was doing what I was doing. So 
Um, after that, I just started pushing. And, I, and then one day I got a Source magazine and I seen this, um, this um, it was like an invitation for a, a battle, like a battle of rapper, an MC battle for world supremacy. And they was like, send in a, a minute acapella of you rapping on the tape. And I sent it in and they called me back. And next thing I know, I was in New York, like battling. Wow. That's crazy. Was that your first time going to New York? Uh, no, I had been maybe like once or twice before. Mm -hmm. Capacity, you know, just family trips or whatnot. Um, but uh, tour, you know, tourist type stuff. But this is the first time I had been in that capacity. So, so what happens at what, what happens at the battle? Uh, take me through the battle. What happens? The battle ended up being the um, the new music seminar uh, battle of the world supremacy put on by Clark Kent and Superman Inc. So I had been sending demos to you know various record labels, you know like Loud Records and you know what I'm saying Def Jam and you know anywhere I saw I was sending the thing. So I get there. And um, I get there, and uh, everybody I had ever sent a tape to was in that room. Wow. Leo Cohen, uh, the guy that run loud. I forget his name, but he had a white guy. Steve Ripken. Steve Ripken, yeah. You know, and the battle is being judged by Tracy Waples, a young Sean Combs. Mm. Uh, I want to say Dame Dash was there. Wow. Lester from Rap Pages and Todd Warren from Yo MTV Raps. And it was hosted by Dr. Dre. It's on YouTube, actually. I, I put it on YouTube, the battle. Wow. Um, so uh, I, I'm in this battle. And um, it was this one dude that I met, like, right before it started. And just his energy was just different. And I was like, yo, it's, it's going to, I was like, he going to be the one. Like, it's going to fuck around and end up being me. Watch, watch this shit. And it was this girl that I was cool. I was I was talking to her the whole time. We had went and got sodas and drinks together and shit. And, and I was like, I, I really don't want to have to go up against her. And, I, and they called me and her. I ended up having to battle her. And um, so I'm running through everybody. And then I get to this last dude who he had been running through everybody. His name was Supernatural. And um, it, it was... Yeah, it was it was a hard fought. That shit was that shit was like every time you thought somebody had it, it was like somebody else would come back with something crazy. It was it remind it was you know what it was it was like an earlier um but without without all the street shit but it was like an earlier uh, Beanie Siegel Jada Kiss. Woo! Crazy. Stop coming! You like yo kiss this body that nigga that shit over. <laughs> and then yeah. here comes Siegel. Yo, this nigga see like <laughs> he ended up winning, um, and I ended up getting second place. But I was super pissed about it because it turned into like a, uh, I felt like it turned into like a where you from kind of thing. Were um, you coming? Were you coming off the dome, or or was you had prepared raps? He was prepared raps, and it was freestyles because he was he was super good at freestyle. He probably one of the best freestyles I ever seen in my life. Um, but uh. Uh, yeah, he ended up winning, and um, and uh, I, he got a um, he got a uh, I want to say he got like a, a ring and a jacket, and it was a demo deal. 
And then they they gave me the demo deal. He was like, I'll give him the demo deal. I want the ring and the jacket. I wanted that ring and the jacket bad as fuck. So the, the demo deal ended up being with Clark Kent. Mm. Clark Kent gave me his number and I went back to, you know, I went back to New York like, I mean, I went back to Virginia, like, defeated or whatever. Like, it was just whack. But everybody I had sent my tape to had seen me. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, this dude's kind of dope. And then in the fall, that's when I started. I, I had met Q-Tip in that summer. And in the fall, I went and did Stretch and Bobbito with Q-Tip. And that's when everything changed. I did this freestyle on Stretch and Bobbito. And the next day, it was almost like it was almost like going viral. The next day, everybody was like, "Yo, who is this nigga?" Mm. And was it was it Mad Skills? Then was it Skills Mad? Skills? Yeah. Word. You heard somebody rap from Virginia and sound like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I definitely sound like I, I was East Coast influenced. So right, right. Nas and Biggie and you know what I'm saying, like Black Moon and shit. So. I didn't, I, I didn't sound like I was from Virginia, but I wanted people to know, like, you know, we got a hip-hop scene here, too. Like, we just like y'all, you know what I'm saying? So on a smaller scale, of course, but, you know. Well, do, do, do you consider yourself, you know what I mean? Virginia's one of the weird places, weird as in a lot of East Coast based, but you kind of South, like, would you would you call yourself a Southern artist? I would just call myself an East Coast artist because we right in the middle of the East Coast, but it was, it was a, you know, it was a, a, an amazing melting pot because of the schools, the people that came to the schools were all from different places. So when the DJs would do parties for the college kids, you know, you might play some, some East Coast boom bap shit and then you get some, some kids from Georgia, like, yo, man, play some, play some of that outcast, man. Play some of that, you know what I'm saying? That, you know what I'm saying? That MC Shad D, like, nigga, like, all right, I gotta play that shit too. <laughs> then you other cats, like, yo, man, play that go go, nigga. Like, we from DC though, right. so you party and you would hear all of that music. So when we started going to studios and and, and started creating music, we knew what we couldn't create because we knew what was already before us. Right. The reason why you got, you know, the Timberlands and the, the Neptunes, people of that nature being so original because they know they couldn't go in the studio and do what Dre had already did. Right. They couldn't go do what Primo had already did. You know what I'm saying? I can't do what Luke and them doing, in, you know, down south. Like, so we were forced to be creative. And I think that's the synergy and how you end up getting is something in the water here. Something in the water was all of the shit that we were hearing. Right. You couldn't do New Jack Swing. Teddy Riley already did it. Right. So, and then he, finds his, then he finds his way to Virginia. And he found his way to VA. Word. Got you. So um, talk, talk, about, talk to me about how you eventually get the deal, your first, first record deal. I, I did a demo deal with Clark Kent. And uh, some of the songs, but like I said, once people saw me in that room, they started reaching out, especially after the stretching Barbito freestyle. And um, shit, after that, it was like a bidding war. Like I had like five deals on the table. And shit. I, with a uh, big beat Atlantic, 
you know what I'm saying? And they had just, they had signed them, the only two hip-hop groups, well, they had three hip-hop groups at the time. Uh, they had this group called Down South, which was, they had actually come out before me, and they were from Virginia, but um, they had come out, Double X Posse, mm-hmm. and, and um, they put me on an Artifacts remix for this song called Dynamite Soul. And after that, it was just like this the new kid. What what's uh now I've seen I've seen Big Beat um in several like when music videos like down in the credits and shit. What what is Big Beat Records? I always wanted to know that. It was a subsidiary of Atlantic Records. Okay. It, uh, it used to be a house label. Okay. About Craig Kalman, who's who was turned into the head of Atlantic. But um yeah, Big Beat was like a almost like a, a slash, you know what I mean? No different than when you saw like So So Def slash Columbia. Okay. You know, it, just, it happened to be owned by a guy that was already in the Atlantic system. Another hip hop question uh, I always wanted to know what was East West Records? I don't know if I don't know if you had any connections to that, but I used to always see that with Timberland and Missy and Aaliyah. You, what's what's East West? Literary of Lecture Records, which was on, which was run by Sylvia Rome, um, and I think East West and Electra had a lot of people over there, like uh, Merlin, Bob, uh, shit, Jay Brown. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I think Das Effects was on East West Records. Um, it's funny that they got they got discovered in Virginia too. They went to Yeah, that was one of those things I used to always see, like especially on the Leah video, East West. I'm like, what 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 is that? Because I was I was like, is that Tim? I'm like, I think I used to think like, is that Timberland's imprint or what? What is that? Um, I think it was the imprint that they ended up going with once they got deals of their own imprints. Um, Timbaland had a B. It was B Club. B Club. I remember B Club with Bubba Sparks and all that later on. Gold mine. Yeah, gold mine. I see see that all the time. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. Yeah. Okay. So you. So you. So you get the deal. Who. Who. What's. What's some of the MCs you running into early nineties? The Biggies, the Pox, all these rubbing shoulders with them guys. When I started with a. When I started with a Big B. Um, I was already running with a tribe called Quest because Q-Tip actually discovered me. Like, Q-Tip found me. Word, 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 word. I was already in New York running, you know, you running organized confusion, you know what I'm saying, Big L, mm. you know, in the crates, um, leaders of the new school, you know what I'm saying, um, cellar dwellers. I'm running to a lot of up-and-coming artists, but you also – but you got to understand, I'm running into people that are legendary now, but they was up and coming then. You know right. what I'm saying? You run into the, the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, and it was just a synergy in New York that was a, 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 a vibe around it because that was the place to be. You know what I'm saying? Like um, young, young Jay-Z. You know, I watched Jay-Z outside of that same battle. And I think I put that on my it's on my Instagram. I watched Jay Z outside of that battle, like running through niggas on the street corner, like, and I'm watching signed artists like with platinum plaques. Look at that nigga. Listen to him for like a couple minutes. I like, can't. Yeah, nah, 
I'm going to get in the car. Like, I don't want no problems with that. Yeah, with the fast rap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy, man. So, um, you, 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 um, you get, you get your deal. Did you feel like you was rich? Did, when you signed your deal, did you feel like you was rich? I feel like I would change the world. You know what I'm saying? Um, as far as money-wise, uh, you know, I, it was a good deal. Um, I spent a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> I, I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. So I moved to New York to record the album because it really wasn't even no studio like that in Virginia. Um, and most of the production, you know, from from my first album was producers from New York. You know what I'm saying? Clark Kent, Buck Wild, the Beat Nuts. You know what I'm saying? Like, people like that. So, um yeah, nah, I mean, I was just on a hunt for the best beats and to try to make something, you know, make something dope. But, um, yeah, nah, I was running through New York, like, yeah, those were the days, man, just having a good time and just making music. All right. What do you remember, what do you remember about your, your very first, your very first music video? Oh, I had, I, I remember fighting to tell him that we had to shoot it in, in Virginia. Where? And it was something that, you know, the whole city came out for. Um, the radio promoted it, like, and I wanted the city to be able to see themselves, you know, in a, in a positive light. So we shot it in 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 VA, in Richmond. Richmond, yeah. Right. When that shit came on, like when that shit hit, it was like it was like we all made it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people after me would would look at me and say like you know i remember i remember uh uh malice from the clips he had said uh, he was like yo the first first nigga i ever seen that from here that actually made it like on like on tv like right that was mad skills like that was the first dude i was like oh shit he from richmond they like yo he from richmond like so you know it gave a lot of hope to a lot of people in the city just to be able to look on bt rap city and see us mm-hmm. you know? That was unheard of back then. You know what I'm saying? And you was either from the West Coast, right, or, or down south, like. And yeah. even I was having trouble at the time. You know what I'm saying? Outcast was like, damn, y'all don't fuck with us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they hadn't made it. They they hadn't got that far yet. I think they might have dropped the single. They hadn't even dropped the album yet. Word. So. 96, your first album come out. What do, what do you remember about your release date? I mean, I know that had to be a special day, man, almost like your birthday or something. Uh, probably the most, the, the biggest thing I remember from it is probably it being the worst day that I ever could have came out. Because now that I look back in hindsight, it was, um, they had delayed it so long. Like the album was ready for like a whole nine months. And mm. then they, oh, no, we don't have enough momentum behind it we need to drop another single so i dropped on february 6 1993 the same no february 13 1996 the same day as all eyes on me and the score i'm like how the fuck do y'all expect me to sell any records like this this one nigga got a double album this right. next group is probably the biggest thing in hip-hop now i will say this like it sold a lot in Virginia, you know what I'm saying? But shit, in those days, if you was walking into a record store and you was going to get like one or two CDs, you was going to get pocket, you was going to get the Fuji. 
Exactly. Especially that Fuji shit went on to sell like 10 million or some shit like that. And I think all eyes on me did about the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So, so I will say this. On that day, you was in the record store that day. Yeah. I don't know if you going to buy my shit, though. But, but it ended up working out well because I'm, I'm still, I still share a legendary release date. You know what I'm saying? Do, do, you remember, do you remember doing, like, any in-stores that day, like radio, all that? I did it, man. We was all over the city. Uh, I think we even went down to where Missy and them from. We went to Virginia Beach and did some stuff down there. Like, people definitely knew that, that the, uh, you know, that the album was out. And, um, you know, in the state, they definitely supported it. Um, who, uh, it, any, it, any features on the album? I don't, I'm looking at the track list. I don't... Was any features? It wasn't a lot, you know what I'm saying? I had my crew on there for sure. Um, I had a song with uh, True Chip and um, Large Professor. I don't even think we put that on the album because the song was called Skills in 95. So, mm-hmm. um, no, no, no. That that was produced. We did. We, I definitely had Q-Tip and, and Extra P on the album. It was called um, Extra Abstract Skills. Um, uh, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, my crew. You know what I'm saying? And I had Q-Tip on the album. I had the extra P. So I, I was I was good. I had stellar production. You know yeah, what I mean? The, the production is crazy. Buck Wild, Q-Tip, I mean, Clark Kent, the production is, is, is definitely, definitely, definitely crazy. And I, I remember um, being in the Carolinas and I had, had, a, had a cousin that's like 10 years older than me. He was he was like I just remember him outside watching his car bumping it and I was like like who that he like you never heard of skills I was like nah and he just he just sat me down and and, and played it and I was like yo this nigga is a true true lyricist to the to to the most but you know but back then it was so much big shit going on like you had to be like a real head to even you know say that again on back then man. a lot a lot going a lot going on in 96 so 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 tell me how, how does the missy timberland connection how, how does that eventually happen i went back to va after i finished the album um and uh you know it was kind of in a weird place like it wasn't a commercial success like you know what i'm saying so i'm back to square one you know what i'm saying like uh the label has signed junior mafia so, because in between that yeah, time, they Big Beat too. Yeah, I remember that. Fuck up. So whatever Biggie and them wanted to do, like Biggie got his own label over there. He was gonna put out Junior Mafia. So all of the attention and the money like shifted towards JM. So I was back in VA, um, just just chilling, and uh, I ran into Magoo at a concert. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? I was like, yo, man, I'm back in Richmond, like, you know what I'm saying, trying to figure this shit out. This that, that. He's like, you ain't got no deal? I was like, nah. He was like, how the fuck you don't got no deal? I was like, yeah, nah, man, I told him to let me go. Like, they, they on their junior mafia shit, like, I find something else. I'm cool. like, nah, man, you got it. I got to introduce you to Tim. Fuck that. Like, you got to meet Tim. So I was like, okay. So, um, I, uh, I met him, I met him at a, uh, at a pub, at a No Way Out concert. Um, at the Richmond Coliseum, Missy and Tim had came down to the Puff Daddy concert. And, um, you know, it's backstage, me, Locks, Black Rob, you know what I'm saying? Everybody just chilling, shooting dice and shit, Stevie J. Like. And I, I met Tim, and he was like, yo, come to the studio tomorrow. 
And I was like, all right, fuck it, bet. So I rode down there. Um, shit. I met him. We did like six songs like the first day I met him. So he was like, yeah, nah, I need, I need you on the team. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I was like, all right, bet. So after that, I just started running with him. And then that turns into, you know, me becoming um, Missy's hype man. I remember that. Going with Missy. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, nah, that's how that's how it started though. I mean, it was it was through Magoo. Word. Um, have you heard of them be, be, before the initial meeting? Have you heard of Missy? I know Missy was doing a lot of behind the work stuff with with, with Bad Boy and stuff like that. And uh, I know and um and Timberland was down with the cat from like Jodeci and shit like that. They had Leah. They had a Leah cracking at the time. Yeah, Leah cracking at the time. Correct. Right. One in a million, you know what I'm saying? Four page letter, highlight fire, and all that shit. So, um, Missy and Tim was heating up. They did the whole Aaliyah album. Um, and uh, I want to say uh, Player. Player was around in those days, you know. So, yeah, nah, it, it, it definitely turned into a, a, a cohesiveness between all of us where we were just learning from each other. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And what, 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 what year is the first. Um... The first wrap up. What 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 year what year is that? Two thousand two? I did the first wrap up over uh comments Come Close. Come close. Oh, that's such a dope that was such a dope record. Man, it it I don't know why it seemed like that shit I mean, I don't know why it seemed like that shit started like the the two thousands, like like two thousand ninety nine, cause like ever since like I just always remember them shits. Like after Christmas, niggas is waiting on the wrap up every year, man. It was the first time I did it, uh, and then um, it just yeah, it just took on a life of its own. Like, how like how would you like how how would you you know this is this is pre internet like pre getting it to everybody like how would you get this song to every radio station across the country because I was living in Fayville Fayville area at the time growing and um. How how would you, Ramin, do this in probably December and then this shit is on every radio station? Like, how how does that happen? Well, back then it was, I want to say the first time I started doing it, the internet was, you know, it was a tool, but, you know, you would be in, like, chat rooms and shit. It it was different. You you might have your favorite website, your OK Player, or, you know, your your whatever, whatever whatever.com. They had chat rooms. Mm -hmm. So it was discussion then it was sneakers and then it was like music so i had a, um, a site my homeboy danger mob had a site called danger zone and a lot of people knew that you know after we did the Aaliyah remix they're like okay that's where the super friends be at you know that's where they drop their music at so i will put it out there but in, in an mp3 format but what i realized is that um after a while like that became that became the one song I ain't have to call no DJs and ask them to play that shit. Mm-hmm. Call me, you know what I'm saying? Even to this day, like I guarantee you, like what's today? Like October 12th or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like by December first, my phone gonna ring and it'll be a program director like that I ain't even get my number to. Right. Like, skills. Yeah, who that? Oh man, it's Reggie Reds, man, from from Z One O. Da 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 da. I got your number from Whoop Dee Whoop Dee Woo. Yo, uh, you know, I'm just checking, man. You know, I'd, and I'd be like, like nigga, like, can I call you? 
and say, yeah, what's up, man? It's skills. I got a new record, man. You like, yeah, that ain't that ain't how this go, man. Like you you need to go through the proper channel. So it's like, you know, it is that thing where, you know, people look for it and they expect it, but it's like Damn, like, can I live? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, I mean, this, this, this is what this, this is what the, you know, what people know you for, man. I, I mean, created it, and you know, and I remember one time I was talking to my manager, like, um, and he was like, "Yo, like, I was, I was having issues with it," and I was like, "Yeah, man, I don't know, man." He's like, "What you mean?" I like, "Bro, I don't want to be like fucking fifty in like Vegas, like nigga doing wrap ups." And he and he goes, nigga, if you in Vegas at fifty, rap, is that that bad? Exactly. It depends on how you look at it. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, the song has become, you know, a, 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 it's like a staple. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's so, you know, I do I do realize the fact that I created something, and people want it. And they want it from me, you know what I'm saying? And they come to expect it. And I just didn't realize how far that went. You know, I remember one year I was, I said, I was like, yo, I'm off this shit. I'm not going to do it. I remember that shit. And this dude hit me and he was like, um, he's like, yo, man, like, uh, I see you not doing the song this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just wanted to tell you, like, I appreciate all the years that you've done it. It's then the third. He was like, yo, I have a. You know, the same way you got a ritual, like, I got a ritual. And I was like, well, what's your ritual? He's like, yo, my son don't live with me. You know what I'm saying? He lived with his mom in, in Pennsylvania. So he was like, every every year, you know, after Christmas away, he said, because, you know, he do his Christmas with me, like, around the New Year. He, mm-hmm. I go after Christmas, stay up there for a couple of days, and on the drive down, we always listen to your song. And I was like, where? He was like, bro, he's 15 now. We've been doing this since he was seven years old. Like, and I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? I had to think about it in that aspect, like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, this shit means something to a lot of people. It ain't just a song, like, people like, oh, yeah, they're like, no, no, this shit, nigga, this shit, like, open up Christmas gifts. And after the 26th, we still eat and we make a plate. We Everybody taking their gifts back. We waiting on you. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I remember Mad Christmas rides going, listening and listening to it two or three times a day, like from from Fayetteville to Greensboro, like just that was the vibe, and it was like, you know what I mean, like that that was that was you, man, and you, and I mean you laid your mark in hip hop forever, man, and they can't and they can't never take that away from you, man. Even even if you try, Uncle Murder. It's uh, <laughs> it will all it would always gonna be it's always gonna be skills, man. Did I I know you and Uncle Murder kind of played around with it a little bit. I I know it ain't really that serious to you, but um, I mean, what 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 is what, what was I mean? I know you've answered the question before, but I mean, what 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 was your take on you know him start doing his little wrap ups? Um, at first I didn't give a fuck because he wasn't the first nigga to try to do a wrap up. And you got to understand, bro, like, this is, I'm going to tell you, this is when I knew that it was bigger than me. Like, and this shit started in, like, 06, 07. You know what I'm saying? I would, you know, because by now the internet is booming. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. 
download and shit is booming. So I look up and YouTube is, you know, exploding. I look up and I'm like, yo, somebody did a UK wrap up? Like, okay, wow. Like, okay, all right, damn, that's kind of dope. You know what I'm saying? They'd be talking about what happened in the UK that year. I'm like, okay, dope. Then the next year, it was like an African wrap up. And it was, then it was a Hong Kong wrap up. Like, bro, it's like a Jamaican wrap up. Like, so I was like, yo, this shit is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would get YouTube, you know, comedians. I remember when Vine started, a couple of Vine stars tried to do it. Um, like, like, bro, like, it was, I seen, like, uh, fucking, uh, damn, what's that white lady from SNL? Um, Tina Fey? Tina Fey did a fucking wrap-up. You know what I'm saying? So, it was like, all right, cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? So when he did it, I wasn't, I wasn't really tripping. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't the first person to try to recreate something that I started. He was probably the first person to do it that ever said, fuck me in the song. So I, okay, well, that's a little, that's a little, that's a reach. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I would never rap over PSA by Jay-Z and go. Jay-Z myself, fuck hove. Like I would never do that. You know what I'm saying? So um then after you know, and I'm you know, I'm I'm not paying attention to it. I let them get away with the shit for like three years, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, I would go to the barbershops and you know, sit down and get it cut. And he was like, yo, man, what's up with that nigga, man? Like, yo, that nigga going like so I would always hear a little chatter, but I never heard the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't go to fucking world star hip hop. Like I don't fucking like, I'm on a whole nother part of the world. Like, I'm not right. addicted to that shit. So then the shit started picking up in New York. And, um, you know, it picked up in New York. And I remember Clark Kent called me one day. And Clark Kent tried to call me. Because that's my OG. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Don't answer the call from your OG. Absolutely. So we was just talking about some, how are you, man? How the family? I said, oh, man, everybody good. Da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking and shit. And he was like, yo, so you know that's my man, right? And I was like, okay, Clark, right? He was like, so I already told, first of all, then I told him he bite. Like, he, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I'm just thinking, like, if y'all did this shit together, this shit could be crazy. I said, Clark, are you serious right now, nigga? <laughs> he was shot in the dark. And I guess, I don't know if he, he had Clark call me or Clark just did it on his own. But I just know that the call came. And I shot it down. I was like, I would never. Like, at first, that nigga corny as fuck. Like, I said, yo, this shit corny. So I kept that shit in the, in the I never said nothing. Mm-hmm. A couple more wrap-ups where it was fuck me. And then I was like, yeah, now nah, I'm, I'm cool on this shit. Like, I'm about, to, I'm about to check the shit out of this thing. And then you dropped that diss record, told the nigga he signed a G unit 10 years too, too late. <laughs> it, was, it was I saw I saw a clip of him um I wanna say on like Ebro or some shit and he DM'd me and when he did like bro he had said fuck mad skills a couple times and I did not trip. I wasn't I was like I was like yo what's the point of that? Like what am I gonna get from that? I'm I I know I'm gonna win that. So what's the point right. of and then he DM'd me, and he DM'd me, and I just lost it. Like, I was like, 
the nerve of this nigga. <laughs> so when he DM me, um, like, yo, you know, I ain't mean to take your shit, but you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, you the PG version, I'm the R-rated version. Fuck out of here. <laughs> I back and I was like, who this? <laughs> like, and I took a screenshot of the DM and I made that the cover. Yeah. Because I didn't want niggas to be like, yo, why Skills doing this now? I wanted to be like, that's why he did it. So right. then I did a rap over like Murdergram. Because you know me, I'm a thinker. Like, mm-hmm. I knew when I dropped that shit that the the the, the light on the wrap up was going to be done because niggas love beef. Right. Facts. They don't want to hear, like, fuck the whole year. I want to hear you destroy this nigga. And you got to understand, at the time that I dropped that record, I just got a job as as a professor at a college. Wow. So I'm on I'm I'm at faculty meetings and my phone is going ham like yo you killed this nigga. Oh, you definitely destroyed him. I'm like this ain't I did that shit for the culture, but I'm like I'm in a different part of my life now, bro. I'm teaching hip hop at a college. Like I don't want to be on the shade room. Like, that's not yeah. So, um, but he had to get it. Yeah. yeah. He, he deserved yeah. it. Yeah, he, he, he definitely deserved that beating, man. So, you know, one one of your, the people talks about the most about your career is you being the ghostwriter. You know what I mean? Even though you never give, you never give up any of the people you ever ghostwrite for, and I know you never will. But let's talk about how'd you how'd you get get into ghostwriting and you know, and you know, it's a really, really a dope art, you know, able to, you know, look at a rapper and say, you know, I'm a gift, I'm I'm creating something for him for him to blow up. It's um it happened from a a DJ was working on an album in the studio next to me. And um I was uh he came in, he heard some of my shit. I came in, you know, I heard some of his shit, and um, he was, I played him one particular song, he was like, yo, what you doing with that? And I was like, yo, um, yeah, I don't know, it's probably, I don't know if I'm gonna use it on my album, or, you know, it might be a freestyle, put on a mixtape or something, he was like, yo, let me get that. And I'm thinking he wanted to get it for himself, and have me on his project. Mm-hmm. I gave it to him, and then, um, you know, he he hits me back like a couple weeks later or whatever, and he was like, "Yo, I, I, uh, they they cut they recorded it, check it out." And I'm like, "Who who the fuck is they? Like, what are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. So I the record, and it's it's two other rappers rapping, and not you know not my words, but definitely my flow, and they were saying my hook, and I was like. Yeah, we'll put my verse back on on the you know on the last joint. And he was like, nah, nah, I'm gonna put somebody else on there. And I'm like, nigga, what? You know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, nah, I want the I want the record. You know what I'm saying? It still hadn't dawned on me that he wanted the record without me. Wow. Like, you know, because I didn't fit, I didn't fit the um the the scape of what he was making. You know what I'm saying? At the time. It was some street shit. I wasn't even that kind of dude. So um then it dawned on me i was like all right well you know okay cool like so then i you know 
we did the splits. I had already did the hook. They was already doing my flow, so I owned like a, a good percentage of the record. Um, so when the record came out, the shit did well. You know what I'm saying? Like, then I started getting checks. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so then people would ask him, like, yo, like, yo, like, where'd you get that song? He's like, yo, you know the dude, Mad Skills? Like, to be with Tim and, like, Missy? Like, he's like, yo, he wrote that shit. So then the phone started ringing. And I was like, oh, okay, bet. And that's how it happened. Like, it happened from confusion. Like, I didn't know what the fuck he was saying. I was like, you gonna take me off my shit? Like, but it, in hindsight, it was a it was a very great decision. Wow, crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty. I, I know I know Timberland doesn't really consider himself a rapper per se. So I'm pretty sure you probably done help Timberland and 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 all that help Timberland with all his type of shit and you know and all that. I help a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you say to people? Uh, Magoo being one of the worst rappers in hip hop. One of the best people, though. I never, I never, until Char Charlemagne put that narrative out there, like Magoo was one of the worst rappers. I, I never really, I never really even thought. I just thought he was just a cool rapper. I was like, you know, just Magoo. This ain't, this ain't me, cause, cause he, you know, cause he introduced me to my friend. Like I haven't talked to Magoo, and we haven't talked in a while. You know what I'm saying? But. I'll never forget what he did for me and how he introduced me to Tim. Like, I'm forever grateful to him for that. But he had a, you know, his voice reminded you of Q-Tip, you know what I'm saying, who was a very, you know what I'm saying, um, influential rapper. So when we talk about worst rappers of all time, like, and this ain't me being shady. This is me being real. So Silk the Shocker is better than Magoo? Hold up, 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 hold up. I love Silk the Shocker. I love Silk, I love Silk the Shocker. That was, yo, skills, that was my guy. Maybe because it was the age bracket I was, maybe the age bracket I was in, and when No Limit was at his apex, but yo, I went and bought. I, I went and bought Charger to the Game and Made Men. Like them was like some of the first albums I ever bought. And it wasn't until years later where where people was like, "Boy, Silk the Shocker was a terrible rapper." And I used to be like, "He was." I, I know. I know the flow was very unorthodox, but I never. I never thought Silk the Shocker was a terrible rapper. Unorthodox, nigga. The flow won't never there. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Silk the Shocker wasn't that bad, bro. Magoo. At I least thought Magoo was that bad. Magoo stayed on beat. I mean, he had a hit. How can you be that bad with a hit record, though, Skills? How, you, you can't be that good with a hit record. Mm. Nah, yeah. I, I wouldn't put Silver Shock in that conversation the worst rappers of all time. You, can't, you saying that you can't be that bad you can't be that. You can't be whack if you got a hit record. Yeah, that's not true. That's, def that's definitely not true. Cause especially especially around like the oh six oh seven with like like uh, like uh, jibs and uh, what's my uh, the guy uh, uh, something hot. What's that dude name? What's his name? Yeah, yeah. He he was terrible. Ghetto superstar was a hit record. 
Yeah. Mm hmm. Rap one for me right now. I can't. <laughs> I mean, but I, but, but my, my argument is, man, I, I always love Silk the Shocker, man. That was, that was, that was my guy, man. I love, I love Silk the Shocker. I'm always gonna, I'm always gonna stand up for Silk the Shocker. That was, that was my guy, man. I, I, I didn't really start liking hip hop, hip hop, hip hop to like want to buy CDs until around, around 97, 98 when Jay Z was popping and then No Limit was popping. That's when it made me want to start buying albums and shit. Like, that 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 was around the time when I when I really wanted to start buying albums and shit. So um um yeah man you got me off on the tangent. So um let's talk about what you got going on today, man, with um your new podcast. Um oh it's called uh Confessions. Confessions. I remember this I remember this show when it first came out around the time when you dropped that classic album. A million dollar backpack. Yes, I, I I think of, and I don't even, and I and I always wonder like what happened to that show, man. That show was dope as fuck. I was always wondering what ever happened to that show. Situation where I did it, I did it in '09, and I was like, yo, man, you know, from having these conversations with friends and shit, it's a lot of shit that people still haven't told people, or you know, we, you know, just your opinion. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it was a place where, you know, I could be in the room and I could be truthful around my friends because there won't be no judgment and this, that, and the third. So I started doing the show around it. And, you know, um, you know, it, it would be insane for somebody to say, you know, like, yo, like, bro, I just realized that fucking last year, like, nigga, I just realized that Shock G and Humpty Hump was like the same. That was crazy. That was crazy. To say that on film, you know what I'm saying, was crazy. So... I'm doing this in 09. I did about six, six or seven episodes, and they was popping. We was putting them on YouTube. Eight, ten minutes at the like, they wasn't long. And then I would have people tell stories, and and then I just hit a wall. Like I, I would, I would hit people up, and they would say, "Well, what is it again, skills?" And I would send them a, like, "Yo, here's the clip." Like, and he'll be like, "Man, I don't, you know, I don't." I said, well, shit, I ain't gonna tell nobody that story. That well. Damn, I ain't gonna say that. It's like people. I, I find I started finding people that were. It was hard for them to tell the truth. Right. And then I was like, okay, maybe this shit ain't gonna work because niggas still trying to be cool. Right. Was there ever was there ever any talks of getting this? Because this would have been an amazing TV show. Was there any ever talks of making this a real TV show? It was on MTV Jams. They used to play the shit between videos. A word. I didn't know it was on MTV Jams. I know E one E one was behind it. I mean, I was behind. I just happened to be on E1. Okay. So uh, my homeboy Tuma, who who is now at YouTube, he used to play it at MTV Jams. Like it, it was, it was, it was getting traction. Like, and then I ran into that wall where I just couldn't find people that would want to be honest no more. Mm. And then, yeah, like niggas so busy trying to be cool, they don't want to tell people that they. You know, I might have did some fucked up shit. I might have had some fucked up shit happen to me in 2000. Like, didn't nobody want to tell no stories? Or So then I stopped. And then a year later, podcast happened. Mm. And I was like, I was too early. Yeah. It, it, it was a year too early. And from the time that it started, people was like, when you going to bring hip hop confessions back, bro? Because it's the shit that we say but we don't say out in public, but it be true shit. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like my hip hop confession was, you know, I had never listened to an Outkast album in my life. Crazy, which is which is which is nuts. Skills I still have it in 2020. I still have it. Why? That's a whole nother story. Okay. First of all, like I told you earlier, I was heavily East Coast influenced. Got you. So who so who's some of the people you, you fuck with down south though? Back Yeah. T.I. Kang. Top in my top five. Uh tip. Uh face. You know what I'm saying? I was always a, a face or Ross's Ross wasn't around when we when we did that, but in, in the early nineties, but Ross is dope lyricist. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's not too many. One one of my favorite episodes, um, because I had the same story of Young Chris. I'd never heard of UGK before before Big Pimpin'. That's probably that's, like that's probably one of my hip hop confessions too. I I never knew who these guys was until Big Pimpin' came out. Never never had no idea who that who they was. Really? Never no no idea. I mean, until until ninety to ninety nine two thousand when Big Pimpin' explodes. I had no idea who, who UGK was. So, and me and Chris around the same age too. Like, so, so I, I could definitely see how, how that happened. That makes sense. Yeah. Did, did you have, did you hear about UGK before then? Not really. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing that Jay-Z had the, the foresight to put them on a song that huge of people that didn't know them. them in like Source magazines, cause they was on Jive. Mm-hmm. They would get the same kind of publication, like, you know, love that Souls of Mischief would get or Too Short would get. I remember seeing their their stuff, their ads. I would see ads on UGK. So I was, I just never listened to the music. But it's a lot of music that I would flip. You know, I would look at ads at E-40. Like, I would never listen to E-40 back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know what he meant to the Bay. You know, now, of course, like, I've been able to be in those areas. But as a 90s dude coming up, like, I listened to what was stream, like you said, what was coming up in now 95. Like, it had to be super important. And, and, you know, New York was just so biased. You know what I'm saying? Like, when when New York had it, everybody loved New York. But when it started going away from New York, New York didn't love everybody. Right. Go to New York and they wouldn't get the same love. Like, damn, y'all niggas came to our hood. Y'all came to our city. The whole city came. My niggas showed y'all love. We got an artist that we want to come back to the Mecca. And I think that's what fucked a lot of people up because it's like, damn, like we love y'all so much. You know what I'm saying? And y'all, we whack to y'all. That shit corn. Like, that shit whack. Mm, Crazy. so so what so what day um you know podcast is so exploding now man um so I'm so glad I'm so glad you brought it back I, I remember I uh this to the to the how many episodes is it now one or two well I'm about to put a second one up this week yeah so I listen I listed I listed the first one um so uh when when will the people be able to get these podcasts will it be weekly based at least probably every two weeks but every two weeks like what I like to do is like um. You know, I like to give people good content. And and the fact that you can listen to it whenever you want to, like, 
thing for me. When I pl- upload it, y'all go, y'all do y'all thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'll just make sure that whatever I give you is some good content because, you know, I think it, it still has a good space. And, and it ain't, it, it's, when you come to me, when you come to my podcast, you might get the other shit that you get at other podcasts, but you can always get what, 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 what was intended for you. And, you know, agree or disagree, it's always going to be some shit that you didn't know. Absolutely. And that's, and that's why I love it, man. Like I'm a hip hop junkie, man. Like, uh, I didn't, I didn't know who Tracy Lee was before, before I, like, I, I didn't even know who he was like that. The theme, the the song, the theme went right went right past me. I I never even heard it. I I seen him. Um, that's probably my hip hop confession right there. Like, uh, I I was I was binge watching Biggie interviews. Like sometimes I get I get in this mode. I just want to watch like Mad Biggie interviews, Mad Tupac interviews. And he was like with Big Les when they was at the Crush on You video shoot, and it, and it shot to him Tracy Lee. And I'm like, who is he? And then at that point, I go back and watch all his interviews, and I didn't realize that he was out and all this. And then I reached out to him, and, and we and we got the podcast. So, yeah, man, it's people love those hip hop stories and the shit that we don't know. So your podcast is so well needed, and and being a hip hop junkie like I am, I need it. Like at this point, they're gonna be doing classes about hip hop, like what you're doing now, man. Like that, that that's what we need, man, because these. Somebody got to teach these young kids, you know, hip-hop didn't start in 2010, you know, 2015. Somebody have to tell them the stories, you know, have to go all the way back where you can really know exactly what's going on in hip-hop, man. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So um, I thank you so much, man, for, for, for definitely for tapping in, man. I was, you know, I was looking at your Twitter, man. Uh, somebody hit you was like, man, Skills, if you did a, a wrap up right, you know, wrap up right now, man, I know that shit would be fucking crazy in 2020, not even over, man. Will there be a 2020 wrap up from you? This is probably one of the craziest years ever, man. I think you got to give us one. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, bro, like I'm working on something right now uh, for um, for my man Jay Carter for the One Music Fest, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're they doing a virtual festival and they um commissioned me to do like a 10 year a decade wrap up you know wow. which will be easy because I can just go listen to my old shit and just pull out the top moments and redo it so but to be honest with you bro like I don't know you know what I'm saying because it's like just as an artist you know what I'm saying? As, as being a creative person. When I ain't feeling something no more, I stop doing it. Absolutely. Which is probably why I stopped rapping. You know what I'm saying? I might put out a song here and there, but I'm not sitting in the room trying to figure out, oh, I got to make a hot album in 2020 for Mad Skills. Like, that's not where I'm at right now. Um, so I've written down everything that, you know, all of the key shit. You know what I'm saying? I've done it all. And every time I open it and I read it, bro, I, it's depressing. It's depressing. So it's like, for me to try to make, first of all, if I make the song, it ain't going to be nothing funny and entertaining about it. It's going to be depressing. Absolutely. It was depressing. So I'm like, do I really want to go in a booth and 
do a whole depressing song just to give to niggas so they could be depressed all over again? Because ain't nothing in this song gonna be happy or it's 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 I mean you could probably get a, a couple of funny Trump moments or something like that, but outside of that, shit's been fucking crazy. You know, that shit might be funny, but you know, for the most part, bro, this year, we just trying to I might not even go to sleep on New Year's Eve, nigga. I might just stay the fucker like nigga, I just wanna make it to 20. Right. And so for people saying, like, yo, you got to do it, I'm like, you don't even know what you're asking for because you expecting what you always get, and it ain't going to be that. You know what I'm saying? I might do the shit over the young and the restless thing because the shit just sound depressing. Oh, my God. What, what, well, you always captures the times. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it a try. I'll I'll give it a valiant effort around the top of December. I'll go in and really try. But if that shit don't come out in a in a in a in a, a way that I feel like it represents me, like we might have heard the last rap up. Like if it was today, if I had to do it today, it wouldn't happen. I cut off my Twitter, cut off my gram. Because you know they're gonna be they they on your ass on Twitter. I'll cut off the replies, or either the replies will be there, but I'll log out. I'm taking that shit off my phone. I'm going to enjoy my time with my family. Because you can't even, re- I can't even be around all my family. Like, the holidays is even going to be whack. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, nigga, like, I might just holler. I might see y'all January 15th, like, yeah, what's up? Man, they 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 gonna they, they definitely need it, man. Um, how how you been? Before I let you go, man, how you been ma- maintaining through this pandemic? And you know, and 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 what's your eyes of of the world of you know everything going on with with you know social injustice and and all this other crazy shit, Corona and all that. I think twenty twenty um taught us a lot. You know what I'm saying as far as to be appreciative of and grateful for the things that we do have. Um, we were forced to be still for a while. You know what I'm saying? For for some people, that was a good thing. Um, for some people, it wasn't. I believe that the, it showed us that a lot of the shit that we have to do, we don't got to do. Like, you really, you don't have to go to work. Like, you really can work from home. Like, it's Absolutely. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, uh, as far as, like, you know, the, the deaths and, you know, George Floyd's and the Breonna Taylor's, you know what I'm saying? Amar Arbery, the, the people that we lost, like, it, it's it's like this year was either going to be a year of us really making a change, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, these statues getting torn down, and, you know, these cities getting looted. It's just the voice of people that are oppressed, you know what I'm saying? I think the generation now, it's different than the generation back then. Back there, like they're not gonna let you get away with some of that shit. These kids lives on the line, and a lot of them have. You know what I'm saying? Um, something's gotta change in, in this world for 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 it to be better for our our children and the generation after them. Um, I'm just hoping that we don't get distracted and forget, you know, what we really doing this for, cause um. Like, if this motherfucker win this election, 
it's it's really it, it it's really gonna be depressed. It's almost like yeah, that, that's like that's like the knockout punch. <laughs> knockout blow to where we'll be on the ground, and it's like you you want to stand up, you want to get back up, you you listen to the count, but you like what I'm getting up for. Like ain't nothing changing, you know what I'm saying? So to have to think about another four more years of this sort of unrest and people out here dying, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was, I was going through the airport the other day, um, you know, and everybody got the mask on and shit, and uh, I, I it just dawned on me. I went and bought like a some some food and. I was like, damn, I can't even remember the last time I saw somebody smile. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, you know, I'm, a, I'm a traveler, so, you know, I could be in the airport just people watching, just on my people watching shit, just sitting there with some chips, just, just looking at people, you know what I'm saying? Just looking at a kid playing with his tablet, smiling. I'm like, yo, I don't even get to see that no more. Mm. Forget being able to not hug people or touch people or, like, I'll give you just a pound. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't even see people smile no more. Because of the mask, man. That's, man. That's crazy. That's nuts. When you think about it, when you think about it like that, that's nuts. I can't even remember the last time I saw somebody smile that I didn't know. Like, that's a smile I see all the time. Like, my children. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people that I'm in, I've been in quarantine with or whatever, but. That shit is insane to me, bro. And I don't, I don't think we're gonna go to no concerts or go to no clubs. I don't think that shit coming back to this time next year, if that. Not unless you're in the A. <laughs> but it's like it, it could all be taken away from us that quick if the case. Any, any, at, any, at any, at any time, it all can be definitely taken away from us. And I definitely, uh... I think, I think we're gonna go through a whole nother summer of no. <laughs> No parties, no performances, no shows. I think we're gonna have a whole nother summer of that, bro. Damn, don't say that, skills. A whole nother summer. I don't think they're gonna. I think we lost mad skills. Okay. All right. We, I think we lost Mad Skills, but uh, anyway, we thank Mad Skills for um, for definitely joining us. It was Best Conversations podcast. It's obviously is 